Good evening and welcome back to Deutimus Maximus Helps. Um, tonight we're going to be talking, tonight's subject, we're going to be talking about stepdads. Whether you are a stepdad already or you're thinking about becoming a stepdad, I've got plenty of experience and stories to tell about being a stepdad. I was a former stepdad myself for over 20 years. I kind of have all the ins and outs and have learned a few things that I'd like to share knowledge with and hope that you can learn something from my experiences and hope that uh, it doesn't affect you like too badly or you go, oh yeah, that's the way it is. I just am trying to share experiences so that maybe you weren't aware of something or maybe you are aware of something and we're wondering about it. I'm just here to say, hey, this is what happened. So first of all, I'd like to go ahead and cover the caretaking thing. On the caretaking front, I just want to let you caretakers out there know that uh, it's a very frustrating job. It's a job that will make you beat your head against the wall. It's a job that even in situations where you know you're right, you have to make sure that the person you're caretaking for knows that you're right without argument because they can be quite argumentative at times and become frustrating. They'll repeat questions over and over. It'll be the same question you'll answer. A couple minutes later, it'll be the same question you'll answer again. It, it's a very frustrating job. The thing that you really need to remember as a caretaker is that the person that you're caretaking for, they're worth it. They, the rides to the doctor's office, the knowledge that you receive from those types of ordeals and then try to pass it along to them, the research that you have to do on a computer to verify what the doctor said. Um, you can believe all doctors if you want to, but I myself like to have a second opinion. And if I can't get it from another doctor, then I always got it off the internet. I did my research and went ahead and covered my basis. So that way, if I was saying something to the person I was caretaking for, then they would know that it was fact-based knowledge and not just some made up random stuff. All right. So now that we got that taken care of, just remember that you're a, uh, the person you're caretaking for, they're worth it. They've been in your life for a long time. Um, the, the bridge that it, for communication could be because they're old. It could be because they uh, have a type of disease that makes them lose their mind. It could be because they're too young and don't understand yet and refuse to believe you. Nonetheless, the best thing you can do is just stick with your uh, A plan, make sure that you're on your game and that their well-being is your first priority. Because once again, they're worth it. Okay, now on to tonight's subject of stepdads. Whether you're a stepdad already or considering being a stepdad, there's a lot of things that you have to consider. And the first thing that you have to know is that, hey, the kids, that's their mother that you're talking about entering into a relationship with or even a commitment of marriage. That is their mother and their mother has been around way before you came along. Um, their first priority is their mother. Whether they get along with them or not, they have already built a rapport, whether it be a deceptive rapport or a pure, honest rapport, some sort of religious rapport. The fact is they have a rapport with their mother already and you're kind of interfering and coming into their backyard to try and say, hey, you know, I love your mother and this is what's going to happen. Or you may be a stepdad already and say, you know, this is my wife now. This is my wife and has been for some time. You know, I'm 
the person who pays the bills in this house and let's all do things the right way. Let's all get along. Let's make sure that we can all get along because if you don't build a rapport with those children, you'll never have a good relationship with your mother. There will always be some sort of wedge where you didn't expect it. And it'll be something that'll be hard to overcome. It goes back to the situation of trying to get your point across to make sure that they know that you're right. And there's several things you can do to enforce your point. And that is like, uh, per go to their events and stuff. Just be a part of their lives. I can speak on the subject because if you've heard in the past couple of episodes, I had a stepdad who was the grabbing and punching and kicking type. And from growing up and learning from his experiences, I know exactly how not to be a stepdad. At least that's what I thought when I got into the relationship with my wife. I did the best I could and I was the best husband I could be, but I could not <clears throat> convince or could not go against the rapport that the kids already had with the mother. It's very, it's a very strong bond and you have to find a way to it, that they understand that you're uh, in on that bond as well. And that you, you have to reassure them and know that you're there for them. And I started to get off the subject a minute ago, but then I'm bringing it back to it. One way you can do that is by participating in their lives. If they have sporting events and stuff, go and participate. Uh, even if you're just a spectator, cheer them on. Let them know that you're there to support them and that things are good. If they have other school functions, say, for instance, they're in a school play or that they are participating in, I don't know, maybe ROTC. And they're the people who come out before a football game and march and do the color guard thing and, you know, show the American flag. Participate, you know, let them know you're there to support them. Also, if you can get a chance and you're into homework, help them with their homework, especially if they're struggling in a subject. If you don't understand the subject, have a parent-teacher conference and have the teacher explain to you exactly what type of explanation you can give to them to help them improve their grade in whatever course that you're doing. Be an active participant, but don't be an active participant in such a way that uh, you have to uh, impede and uh, be a micromanager of their lives. Let them be their own people. They were their own people long before you came along. And once again, to have that rapport with their mother is important to them. And you're just some guy who came along and happened to fall in love with their mother. So if you're thinking about being a stepdad, you're going to have to just remember this, not only the rapport, but you're going to have to have a big heart a heart so big that it can be stepped on and it won't hurt. Because believe me, you're going to get your heart stepped on. For those out there who are stepdads already, you're feeling it. You're feeling it. Unless you're that, you know, super angel stepdad who bows down to them and won't give them any type of discipline or any type of uh, guidance so that they turn out to be excellent people and uh, members of society who are contributors. That's the kind of kids that you want to make sure that they grow up to be. But sometimes kids already have predetermined notions. Even though they have the rapport with their mother, they may have secrets from their mother and they may have uh, deceptive ways that their mother doesn't know about. And you may recognize it right away. But anytime you try to call that to their attention, it's going to cause a wedge in between the rapport with their mother. But it's going to be have you pushed away from them. So you have to be intelligent. You have to be intelligent in every aspect. You have to think about what you say. You have to think about the things you do. You have to make sure that uh, 
they want to be around you instead of away from you all the time. Because when I was growing up, my stepdad, I did as much as I could to stay away from him for as long as I could. I participated in so much school events that they would, they couldn't deny the fact that, um, the school events were, uh, they were necessary for me to go ahead and succeed with my life. And they, just because they, uh, there we go. <clears throat> Pardon me for a second. I got a notification there and I'm like, whoa, turn that phone off. Nonetheless, the best thing you can do is just go ahead and be an active participant so that uh, you have to develop a communication and a rapport with them as well. It may not be the same rapport that they have with their mother, but you have to make sure that you, you know what you're talking about when you're informing them and stuff. So be a participant, you know, support them, help with the homework, do as much as you can. Um, some of my experiences that, and some other experiences that I've talked with other stepdads, especially along the deceptive front, are kids sneaking out. Um, there's kids who will not clean their rooms, not listen to any types of discipline. And I'm just talking about simple discipline. Like, yes, you can go to your friend's house if you make sure the trash is taken out and the, the dishwasher is loaded. How long do those things take? Taking the trash out is what, five, maybe six minutes? Loading the dishwasher, that couldn't be more than five, six, okay, up to 10 minutes. So there's 16 minutes out of a teenager's afternoon who's probably still on kid minutes. So you have to be <clears throat> wise about the way you say that and keep it simple. When I used to say things like that to them, they would get angry. And for 30 minutes to 45 minutes, sometimes an hour, they would complain and say negative things. And why do we have to do this? And I can't believe you're making us do that. And I would tell them straight out, to be an active member of this household, those are the things you have to do. Some people call them chores. I just call them being an active member of a household. Because a successful household, everybody contributes. Uh, there's no one single person who contributes more than the others, or it, will, it won't be successful. Otherwise, you're just enabling them. And enabling is a, a terrible thing to do, especially when kids could use some constructive, um, intelligent enlightenment. The kids don't know everything, even though they think they do. And they're going to tell you that they do. And they're going to think that they're right, no matter what you say is wrong. Sometimes demonstrations are classic examples. For instance, you know, let's go back to the take the trash out and load the dishwasher thing. If you tell them, I've for an hour listened to how much you've complained and didn't want to do these things, let's time you and see how long it's going to happen. And sometimes the mom will agree with that kind of stuff. Sometimes they won't. But I'm just telling you, it gives them an angle for them to realize good time management when they get to be an adult. Because time management is a classic example of one way that you can get ahead at a job. If you manage your time wisely, then you're probably going to be very successful at your job. But if you sit around and uh, complain and say, I don't want to do this and spend an hour, you know, if you have to work an eight hour shift, well, now you've only got seven hours done, uh, seven hours left to can finish the work of an eight hour shift. So if you can break it down into simple terms like that and explain to them, hey, I'm not doing this to be mean to you. I'm just trying to prepare you for the real world. Some kids want to hear it. Some kids don't. Some kids understand it. Some kids don't. Irregardless, it's got to be done so that they end up becoming contributors 
in society. You know, you start with contributing to a household and make them feel important and needed in that household. And then it helps them become contributors in the real world. You're basically trying to set a good example. Some of the things that I've run up against uh, when they were living at home, the attitude was different towards me. Although they didn't care for me, they knew that I would help them do stuff. I would bring home jobs from work and set up in the garage. One good example is paper gathering. We had these books together and there were like 200 pages and I could only do uh, 60 pages or 65 at a time, stacks of paper. And you'd have to walk around a table and gather one page at a time to put together this book. Well, we had to, uh, once you gathered a whole section, there was only 200 of them. You had to set it on a pallet, which I set up in my garage and then set up the stacks for the next 200 of each individual pages, 65 pages, walk around the table again. And then the third time do the same. I was paying these kids money. The minimum wage back then was probably five fifty or six bucks an hour. I think it was six twenty-five actually. I was paying them ten bucks an hour to help me with this because this was a project that was too busy to take on at work that had to be done. It couldn't be farmed out to another place. So I would come home from work and start doing it. <clears throat> they worked for probably two, three days before they got bored. One of the money they earned. And then I was stuck finishing the rest of the project. I brought it home saying, I will only, I explained to him before I even brought it home. I will only take this project if you will help me all the way to the finish. And they wouldn't, they could not commit to that. They said they would, but in the end, they didn't. And I don't know if that's, you would call that deception. I don't think so. I think what it is, is their eyes were bigger than their plate. I said money and $10 an hour. They saw dollar signs. And once they earned a little bit of money, they wanted to go spend it. And then they didn't want to come back to earn more money because they felt like it was uh, meaningless labor, which it was something that needed to be done. A book needed to be gathered. There was money to be made. I would have continued paying them $10 an hour. The one night was actually a, a prom night and the kids, neither one were going. Um, some of the friends came over and they actually went in there and worked for free and helped me gather up a good portion of this book. They were just happy to do it because I was paying attention to them. It was their friends and uh, <laughs> they, they helped me for free and were thankful for it. And then, then another thing about it was when they were living in the house, they would want to go over to their friend's house. And I've said, no problem. Just let me go meet your friend's parents because there's a lot of parents who aren't the most stable parents. And I didn't want them to be around that element and have to be like, if they were going to stay for a weekend, I didn't want to have to have them stay for a weekend. A, one good example is I took one of the kids over to their friend's house and went up to meet the parents and they were both drunk. And there was a handgun laying in the living room next to where the, the, he was a stepdad too. He was sitting, he had a bottle there, like a, uh, it was bigger than a fifth. I guess it's a 1.75 milliliter bottle of vodka and then a handgun, a semi-automatic handgun sitting there. And I walked in the house and he wouldn't even stand up to greet me. He just looked at me like, what the hell are you doing in my house? And I told him, I will only let this child come to a house where I feel like she's going to be safe and welcome. And <laughs> the child had already went into the room with the friends and I went and knocked on the door and said, come on, we're going to the house. And I mean, you talk about getting some resistance all the way to the car. I said, 
told those parents, hey, it's nice to meet you. I hope you have a great evening, but my child is going to come home for the weekend. I don't think I want her staying over here. And they seemed insulted, even though they were both drunk and there was a handgun sitting there. Here I am, the parent with the, the common logic saying, nope, you're going to go. When we got out to the car, she said she needed to speed. Uh, they said they needed to spend the weekend with their friend. I said, if you want the friends to come over to the house for the weekend, that's fine. So I went back up to the door, knocked on it again. They answered and looked at me funny. The parents did. I said, if my child's friends want to come speak, spend the weekend, they're more than welcome to. And well, they were arguing when I first walked up too. I could hear arguing in the house. And the mom looked at me and said, yeah, go ahead, take them for the weekend. I'll be happy to get rid of them. And I was like, wow. So the friends packed up the bags and then came and got in the car and we went back to the house and we had an excellent weekend. They were, they were just happy that once again, I was paying attention to them. The child that was the stepchild for me got pissed at the friends because the friends enjoyed talking to me. They had homework. I helped them with their homework. They said, man, the parents at their house never do that. And then I fired up the grill after that. And we had chicken leg quarters with, I did the all American. I did the chicken leg quarters, the corn on the cob, the macaroni and cheese, the baked beans and the biscuits. And when they ate, it was a 10 pound bag of chicken leg quarters. When they ate, they ate almost all of it. I was like, do you all not have food in your house? And they said, oh, we have food, but the cooking isn't like this. You know, they would eat TV dinners and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, we, on a rare occasion, we'll eat a TV dinner around here, but mostly it's home cooking around here because that's how we roll. Uh, that was on the Friday night. Saturday morning when they got up, I woke them up early, started playing the stereo music loud, made breakfast. The friends came in there. They were pleased as punch, which made the stepchild of mine pissed again. And then during the day, we went outside and we did stuff together. We went to the park and played frisbee golf. And then after they came back, we, we set up the badminton net in the backyard and we played badminton. Uh, these were taller friends. And then uh, after that, we played volleyball, you know. And then after that, I fired up the grill again. And I think I made pork chops this time. Once again, they were pleased as punch that somebody was paying attention to them and was uh, cooking for them a home-cooked meal and that things were going great. These are the kind of examples I tried to set so that they would know, you know, I'm not saying which is right and which is wrong. I'm just saying that when you're in a bad situation and when you're not in a bad situation, those are the type of examples I tried to set. When the stepkids became adults, it was even more challenging because once they became set past their teenage ways into young adulthood and even into their 30s, their resentment really began their mom started getting sicker and sicker. So I had to really focus my attention on them. Well, they were trying to use deceptive ways after my wife had a disease that caused her brain to start deteriorating. And they were trying to uh, be deceptive and they would, they would lie to her. And, and then my wife would try and convince me, Hey, you know, they both need jobs. Is there a way you could help them get jobs? And each one of the state, well, I can't tell you how many jobs I got them and they would work for a day or two, just like on the book project and then say things, well, that's not my cup of tea. So I'm not going to do that at a previous job. They may have only been making minimum wage. When I would get them a job, it would be at least for $10 an hour. And that's with an employer that, you know, I stuck my neck out there when they needed employees and said, Hey, I've got this stepchild or that stepchild. You know, if you need somebody, I think that they're willing to work right now. If you're willing to pay this rate, which was the going rate anyway, 
neither one of them lasted. They both, I can't tell you how many times embarrassed me. And not only was I embarrassed, but I, I, it was hard for me to, to show my face sometimes. I say show my face. I've always been a positive person and I walk around all day long and make as many people smile as I can. I help as many people as I can because I'm that type of an American with a good heart. I try and make things happen. I don't let them happen. I make them happen. Um, if somebody is having a problem with, say, they need an extra hand to, I don't know, push something or lift something or move something or somebody maybe to drive a forklift, I'm the first one to raise my hand and say, I can make time in my schedule. Let me go ahead and help you. So once the step kids came on board, and this is several different jobs. This just isn't at one place. They made it... <laughs> They made it hard for me to recommend anybody else for a job, and I didn't feel like I deserved that. And then once they left, they would try and move back into the house while they were working there and then try and get a, a couple days worth of pay under their belt. And then they would move out and cause their mom grief and worry. But then there were other times when they would move in here. One of the stepkids lived in this household in the 30s for easily six years. And out of that six years, maybe worked I would say maybe a year. So there was five years that I was sporting the step stepchild in the thirties, not making the effort to better themselves. And it was just frustrating for me. I can't tell you the heartache that it caused me. And because their mom was going out of their head, this particular stepchild used to, um, say things to her about me behind my back, you know, and try and make me look like a bad person, even though I was a good husband and my wife and I had a great relationship. The big hinging pin in my wife's relationship were the stepkids and they knew it. And once their mom got sicker and sicker and sicker, they did everything they could to just shove that wedge in between us. And I did everything I could to shove it back. Um, once again, I don't let it happen. I'm the type of person to make it happen. I remember when the stepkids uh, were learning to drive. And I was taking them around and out of the kindness of my heart in the vehicle. And I would take them to a parking lot and see what their skills were. And before we moved out onto the street, I uh, helped the permit getting with them, you know, made sure that the permits were got. Uh, tried with one of the stepkids to get the license, but a failure of the test was a continual thing. I can't tell you how many times that test was failed. And the other one, uh, it didn't really participate. And when it was time for this particular stepkid to drive, just laid the books down for you and said, I just, I just won't drive and I just won't drive. So once again, I persevered and made sure that they both got licenses and that they both got cars right away. And uh, the one stepchild took better care of the car than the other one who got into an accident probably within two weeks. Somebody rear-ended her, and this is way before texting, so I know they weren't texting, but it was they didn't get any information. They weren't observant. They didn't pay attention to anything. So let's go back to the, the other parent. You know that the, the stepkids have to report their mom, but then there's that other parent. There's the dad, or maybe it's an adopted dad, and they say things when the stepkids go to visit that particular parent. And it's just you and the wife for the weekend and you're enjoying your time, having a great thing. Well, they go and spread rumors about the stepdad and how things are so horrible. And quite the opposite was true. I mean, here they're being well-fed, well-clothed, making sure that the going to school is happening. 
Once again, when the driving went on, I don't recall the other dad even ever trying to get them a job. I don't recall the other dad ever trying to get them a vehicle. Well, wait a minute. I take that back. The second vehicle by the one particular stepchild was gone and got behind our back when we said no. It was done when uh, the mother was in the hospital and had uh, double pneumonia and was in intensive care. And the other stepchild took advantage of the dad and went down to a car lot and had them co-sign for a loan and then had failed to make the payments, had a job, but failed to make the payments and was going to let the vehicle go back. And the other dad ended up making the payments for them and they kept the vehicle. And I'm like, you're not teaching them any responsibility by doing that because by responsibility, I'm talking about sitting down at the table every month with the bills saying, hey, here's the electric bill. You guys like having the lights on and you like playing your video games. So here I'm cutting a check for the electric bill. Bam, the electric bill's paid. Okay, here's the water bill. You guys like taking showers and, you know, your mom likes watering her plants and I enjoy taking a shower myself. So since we all like the water, let me cut a check for that. Bam. Now the water bill is paid. Okay, here's the gas bill. You guys like cooking on the stove. You like having a hot meal. You like that your shower is hot since it's a gas water heater. I do too. We're all in a grand there. Cut a check. Boom. And the cable bill, same way. I would do that every month and I would say, is there any questions? And then I would explain to have a household like this, it requires this amount of money. So this amount of money is you have to get a job so that you can earn this amount of money. And if you want to go do things over and above, you have to have a job that pays better than just the amount that takes this amount of money. I tried to break it down in simple logic, but they, they refused to listen. So if you're thinking about being a stepdad, here are all the things that I just said. Totally be prepared, especially with your heart. Make sure you have an extra big heart that once it gets stepped on and jumped on and even stabbed, that you're ready for that. There, It's a long haul. Either you have a great relationship, bam, right away, you hit it off, or no, you don't. Some I've heard of, but never had this happen to me, some people's stepkids call the stepdad dad. Because the other dad was either a rotten parent or the stepdad is a better parenter and makes sure that their needs are met. So I never had that happen to me. Quite the opposite was true. I, every time I turned around, there was something wrong and I was having to solve the problems. And you shouldn't have to do that as a parent. You should give kids the skills that they need in order to solve their own problems. If they're having troubles doing it, explain to them how to go about doing that. Every time I tried that with the stepkids, they hated me more for it. They acted like I was trying to force something on them that they had to do. And I'm like, this is nothing that you have to do. This is something you want to do to make sure that once again, you get ahead in life and that you're successful. If you want to own a house like this, you want to get a good job, stick with it, get some benefits, make sure that you have enough to pay for a house like this, get a mortgage. This is the, the house the way I saw it was this is my castle and I'm the king here. I was the one who made sure that all this happened for all of us. And even when uh, the one particular stepchild ran away and said that things were horrible there, I still forgave her, let her come back to the house, then uh, converted the garage into a bedroom so that the other bedroom, this particular child would have the other bedroom. So... The fact that they couldn't get along in adulthood as far as holding down a job. The one particular child has held down a job. Props given to that child. The other child 
lives off of other people. And that's a terrible way to live. I can't believe that you wouldn't want your own place, your own space to call your own. It's the American dream. You need your own little plot of America so that you can live the American dream. It's what's up to me. It's one of those things that makes you happy in life, making sure that you've got your own space. So the, uh, the one particular child used to just come around. The type of child this was is to run away from the problems. Every time there was a problem, this particular child ran away from it. So between the getting the jobs and then walking away and the, then there was some drunken belligery, then there was some just pure D.O. hatred and meanness that went on towards me. I, I forgave and forgave and forgave until I was blue in the face, man. And the thing about it is it was all one-sided. Every time I solved the problems for him, I was enabling. So if you're already a stepdad, and I hope this strikes a chord with you, make sure that your kid, if you've got a good relationship with them, that you're there for them, that you back them, that you, you know, you've got their back. But if you're thinking about becoming a stepdad, totally be prepared. These are the kind of things that you're going to run up against and it's going to be very difficult for you. So make sure that you're intelligent enough to think your way through situations properly to give the stepkids skills so that they can be successful in life. I did the best I could. I gave them as many skills as I could. I went to all the school functions. I went to the parent-teacher conferences. Anytime that somebody was called to the office, I was the one that had to know the principal and the vice principal on a first-name basis. I was the one who had to go be the heavy. But I always made sure that they had their best interests in mind. And then once they moved down on their own, they went crazy. And then once they flopped, they had to move back. And it was like I said... It was a big wedge between my wife and I, but it is what it is now because I'm drama free. I don't have that problem anymore and I'm super drama free and I totally enjoy it. So on that note, I'm just going to go ahead and close this out. I hope it wasn't too heavy for you. I hope that you got something out of it. Uh, like, follow and share and please have a great evening and we'll see you next time.